Welcome to the Bermagui Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Here you'll find the recording of messages from our weekly gatherings. We pray you'll be challenged and encouraged by today's message. Um, I want to share a bit from the Bible. If you have a Bible, I've got five Bible verses to share. Um, and I've got some other notes here. I'm hoping to, just to give you a bit of a heads up, um, hoping to hear from you a little bit. Don't, don't be nervous by that, but um, I, just, I have some questions to ask for you to consider. Um, they're not difficult questions. It's just um, maybe uh, we're, we're going to investigate a bit about Peter, the disciple Peter in the Bible and how he was following Jesus. Um, so I'll get those. Actually, I'll just get those ready. Excuse me one moment while I just get all that out. The call to action today is to follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Does anyone recognize that symbol? I've gone low tech today, deliberately, because I thought it would be interesting. Anyone recognize that symbol, follow Jesus? No? It's, um, so I understand you've been uh, looking at a series like Jesus. You've been talking about what, what is it, do we just like Jesus? You know, like on Facebook, when you, you see Jesus, it's like, yeah, I like that. To click, how easy is that? But what's it like to be like Jesus? This one's follow. This is the little symbol on Facebook for follow. Follow Jesus. So um, you have to dig a little bit harder to find the follow symbol. But it sort of raises the question, you know, when we think about it, we say, oh, yeah, I follow Jesus. Um, follow can mean different things these days, and I think it's worth exploring a little bit. So it might make you think of subscribe. You know, oh, yeah, Jesus. Um, when, I, when you release an article or a new Bible passage, I'll, I'll read it. I click follow. And whenever Jesus... Um, sends out a new teaching, you'll see it in your news feed on Facebook or on, on your computer. Um, so that's, that could be what one side of follow is. What's it mean to follow? Does it mean to walk in someone's footsteps? You know, and there are some analogies around walking in Jesus' footsteps. Well, that's, that maybe gets us a little bit closer. Uh, maybe following in uh, someone's slipstream. You see the cyclists, you know, they're uh, a bit more aerodynamic when they're following behind the leader. Yeah, maybe. It's, um, it's not quite the follow Jesus that I believe is intended when Jesus came up to his disciples that he called and said, follow me. So that's what we want to investigate today. So what's it mean to follow Jesus? And then we want to get practical at the end and just have a, have a quick think, share some ideas about how we can invest more in that both personally as a church and in our community about following Jesus. I hope you find it encouraging because I just am, we're really blessed to be here today and I just want to encourage you, thank you for your faithfulness meeting here um, in Bermagui and worshipping God and sharing Jesus with others. So so the, the I guess the other side of that about um, subscribing or just, oh yeah, I'll follow you when it's convenient, Lord, or let me know when you've got something new, interesting teaching that I can relate to my life today. I'll follow you, Jesus. Now, 
the type of following we're talking about today is the deep formation to become like. So we talk about a Christ-likeness, so um, becoming like Jesus. That's what we're talking about today. And there's, um, you know, there's lots of other um, packaged up statements which have been really valuable in time. You might have heard of WWJD. Anyone heard of that? What would Jesus do? Yeah, it's um, it's a so it was a common phrase, particularly about twenty years ago. And if you've heard of that, um, you might have used that phrase before. Um, I heard this story, and um, actually, in fact, I read a story recently, and this is true. It's true that I read the story. This story is not true, uh, but yeah, this uh, this man was tailgating um, someone else really closely, driving the car very aggressively. You know only two metres behind the car in front. Every, every time he braked, he had to brake um, the car in front. And the car in front was driving smoothly. The car behind was oh, so frustrated, the driver wasn't really getting anywhere. Anyway, the car in front rightly stopped at a yellow light. And he, he um, hit the brakes, slowed down quickly at the yellow light, and the car behind nearly had a rear-end collision because he was driving so aggressively and tailgating. And... Um, he managed to come to a stop without causing an accident, but this driver was ranting and raving, like really going off at the driver in front, going, how dare you stop at a yellow light? This is, he had his window down. Anyway, he was ranting away and causing quite a scene, and a police officer came over and tapped on the window. He said, excuse me, sir, step out of the car. They've always got a deep voice for some reason, the, the police officers. Um, <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Step out of the car. You're under arrest. What for? Is uh, um, what for tailgating? They come with me, sir. And they actually put him in the jail overnight, and uh, and like felt that he was um, something was really off here. Anyway, cut a long story short. The next morning, the police officer came in and said, "I'm so sorry, sir. You're being released. Here's your belongings. We've made a mistake. I saw the bumper sticker on your car. WWJD. What would Jesus do?" And I immediately thought you'd stolen the car. So um, <laughs> that's why I arrested you. So it just goes to show that, um, you know, following is much more than just subscribing or liking or saying that I'm going to do something what someone else does. It's, a, it's much deeper than that, isn't it? And that's what we want to investigate to that today. And by the way, I, I think the WWJD campaign's fantastic. Um, you know, it had its time and it still serves a purpose. So I encourage you to use those phrases and mean them. Um, and I think some would argue, as I've been researching lately, that that's just an example. It's easy to pick on examples, but that's just an example that it's kind of been over-packaged a little bit by humans over time. So it has intent, like the original intent is fantastic. So we should continue to come up with these statements that encourage us to be like Jesus. But that's an example where it becomes overpackaged by humans. And what I want to encourage today is how can we unpackage those things where we're just doing things that are convenient to us and be guided by the Holy Spirit? How can we be challenged by the Holy Spirit to be like Jesus and to follow Jesus? Deep formation. So we need to recognize that something like that takes Grace from God, deep grace from God, and a deep growth on our part. 
I'm just checking my volume's still okay. Just um, I can I can tend to go quiet, so <laughs> just let me know if I need to increase the volume. Um, so we want to look at um, the disciple Peter. Um, has anyone here not heard of Peter before? Just to, it's okay to put your hand up because I can just talk a little bit differently about Peter. But perhaps Peter is a common name in the in the Bible, known for many different things. And I actually um, I went through and did some research on. I thought this would be good. I'll pick Peter as an example of a disciple following Jesus. He was called. You remember Jesus came up to his boat and said, "Peter." He actually said it. Um, Simon, son of John, who was later Peter, named Peter. So whenever we hear Simon, son of John, or um, Simon, that's also Peter, the disciple. This is Peter who was um, later leading the church through Acts in the day of Pentecost. Uh, and I thought, this is great. I'll, I'll pick a couple of really solid examples that support this deep following of Jesus. And there was too many examples. <laughs> um, so here's, let me just hand these out. Um, and if, if you, you don't have to, but if you're comfortable, you can just share these words with the congregation here. Oh, we'll share this word. And um, if you like, I don't have one for everyone, but just I'll keep handing out until we run out. Um, if you like, you can, after you hear the word, welcome. Um, after you hear the word, um, you can also, if you think of it, some of these might be a bit cryptic, because I just tried to keep him to one word. After you hear the word, you might give us an example of how Peter displayed that attribute or how what you remember about Peter's story that relates to that word. So could I ask just to share your word? <laughs> That's okay. We'll share it out loud and we can all join in together. Well, no, you just, all, all you have to do is read the word. Please? Yes, please. Yeah, no, all your, your only obligation is to read the word out loud. <laughs> Restored. Okay, good. Anyone think of how Peter might have been restored? I'm putting you on the spot a bit, yeah? He was restored after he denied Jesus and Jesus met him on the beach and said, Peter, you are Yeah, great. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's good. See, that's, that's how it's going to work. So we don't have to hit all the notes here, but just I'll get, ask for a few examples. Could I ask for your word? Humbled. humbled. Can anyone think of how Peter was humbled? Yes. Because Jesus told Jesus he'd never deny mm. him. Jesus told him he would. Yeah. Before the rooster crowed three times, he was probably humbled when he heard that. Yes. He that he Thank you. Yeah, no, that's it. So when the rooster crowed is an example of when he was humbled. That's good. Thank you. Um, I, another example I was thinking of is when he was at. Uh, he received that vision about going to Cornelius's house and he went to a Gentile's house and shared about Jesus, which would have been a big thing for him. He was very humbled to go into his house. But it, as a great example, there's, there's many examples. Could I ask for another word? Is it Paul? Yeah, yeah. Called. Called. Anyone think of how Peter was called? Yes. Yeah, when Jesus came to the boat and said, Leave everything and follow me. Thanks. Um, come on, ask for a couple more words. Uh, could I ask for obeyed. Obeyed. Yep. 
Yes. Yep. Excellent. Yes. That's right. There's a lot of overlap here, isn't there? But just wanted to pick a few. Would anyone like to share their word? Uh, sorry? Tried? Yep. Yeah, so uh, can anyone think of how Peter tried? Like I said, some of these are a bit cryptic. Yes. Tried to stay close to him, but then yep. he just lost courage, I think, at the end, and became fearful. Yep. But I think his mind was to stay with him, and he didn't want to be with him, but he was just saying, come with him. Yes. Thank you. Sort of over tried a bit on the channel, the idea. Yes. Yeah. It's another one I was thinking of, too. And also, when he stepped out of the. I'm oh, sorry? Yeah. He was trying to find out how to be the best disciple, not as a competitive way, but how do I be the best disciple? Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah, walking on water. He tried to step out of the boat, <laughs> do it in his own strength. and Yeah, no, that's good. So I, I guess the point here is um, that it's, it's, I find this interesting because I think we all agree there's many of these elements how that are shown in Peter's life and deliberately written about by God-inspired authors to share about Peter's life. But it's not like a discipleship book, is it? Um, so if you, and it's not a book about how to, um, how to get that deep formation necessarily in a, in a linear fashion. And that's what I found fascinating. That's why I wanted us to get out of this is the Bible is something we need to read and reread and read in its context and it's it's fascinating. And yet we can get wonderful spiritual insight from just one of those stories you know, that you mentioned about Peter. Um, and it got me thinking, um, what does our life as a follower of Jesus look like? That's my big question for you guys here today and asking myself that this week, what does our life as a follower of Jesus look like? So that we've just sort of had a bit of a look at Peter's life and all different examples about what it looked like for him to follow Jesus. And it's all a bit of a mishmash here and there, isn't it? Lots of different stories. He obeyed over here. He tried. He was humbled. Um, he, um, he preached. He denied. You know, and it's all not in order. Um, so it just got me thinking, what, what would a book written about our following Jesus look like? Makes you think, doesn't it? <laughs> um, and and here's, the, here's the takeaway. The challenge is for us to connect what we know with how we're growing. Connect, I need to say that so it rhymes. Connect what, how we grow Sorry, connects what we know with how we grow, and I just blew that. <laughs> the point is, this is the point, is we can know lots about the Bible, we can know about Peter's stories, we can read the stories and know, know, know more and more, but we need to connect that with how we're growing, and in particular spiritual growth. That's why I invite the Holy Spirit to work in our lives and work in my life and stretch us. And I want to um, investigate that a little bit more. What what we're describing here um, 
and is discipleship. What, what is discipleship? And it's a word we throw around just like follow. Um, and I'd, I actually want to um, share some work done by others um, about, it's a bit of a model of discipleship. And it just, because it's easy to say, let's connect our know with our grow. Let's connect what we know from the Bible and grow spiritually. But how do we do that? Um, so that's that's what this next part is, is just sharing with you um, some research that I've been doing. I've, uh, and I've actually just, it's, this is so cool because um, doing a subject at Bible College this semester, I'm in week five on discipleship and leadership. <laughs> so thank you for helping me talk out loud about these things and not just read them in papers and write essays about it. <laughs> um, so just bear in mind, this is week five. <laughs> so I might need to come back and after week 14 and share some more if you're willing. Um, but there's, there's, a, there's a, many different discipleship models out there. So I want to um, provide a bit of a theory and let's build up our model rather than just talk about it. Um, provide a bit of a theory about how discipleship might work and again, that's theory, and then we get practical about, okay, so, you know, and this is your personal journey and how you can talk in your church community. How can I then follow Jesus more and put that into practice? So um, this model is, and I'll, I'll try this, put, put it here. Um, this model is um, brought to us by, that's not going to work. May I put it here? Is that all right? Yep. Um, this model is um, is outlined by an author, Yunt. Um, I can provide you the references if you like. So what, what he says is we have this, these two foundational pieces, um, the Bible and people's needs. If I move that a bit, is that helpful? Um, we have the Bible as a foundational piece and we have people's needs are always going to be there. Okay. Um, and it's kind of flat and 2D, isn't it, deliberately in this model? Because that's kind of all it is, is if we know Bible verses, that's, that's great, but what's it mean and how does it relate to people's needs? Um, what Junt says in, in building up our model of the disciple is um, we need to help people in discipleship to think. Think for themselves, and um, and what I'm going to do is come back to each of these because these just sound like words at the moment. Um, but I just just keep that. I'll come back to each of these with examples from Peter's life, and I'll present to you how it was that Peter was helped to think for himself. What this is about is discovering the truth for yourself, and actually helping you to grow more like Jesus by your thinking process. Um, Junt also says that um, people relate. We need to help people in our discipleship to relate. Um, and we also need to help people to feel. So it's becoming more vulnerable to unmask, if you like, and uncover how it is they're growing. And all of this um, helps us. And here's where it could have come down like a house of cards but deliberately low tech today, helps us to grow like Jesus, grow into Christ-likeness. Um, so a combination of all these things. Now, this sounds a bit like 
doing a lot of stuff ourselves, doesn't it? <laughs> um, the important feature of this model is that surrounding all of this, and I deliberately didn't put it in cardboard because let's consider it as big as this earth, is the Holy Spirit discipling us as individuals. The Holy Spirit sent from God um, to disciple us, to help us to think, help us relate, help us to feel, based on the Bible we know and people's needs, grow in Christ's likeness. So the Holy Spirit is the discipler. So I think we'd give credit where credit's due. We're not going to make ourselves more like Christ, just like Peter couldn't do that. He couldn't call himself into the ministry. Um, God called him and he said, follow me. He left everything. He left the old behind. He went to the new. And what we see in all these stories that we've just recounted together and these words as we go through the Gospels and Acts, and there's so many others, or one and two Peter letters, is all of these examples of Peter being discipled and encouraging him to think more about the truth, to relate more to others, and to feel more. His vulnerability is becoming unmasked. And just to ground that, I want to share with you those verses. So we have this model in mind, and this is my take on how Peter was discipled, and then we'll explore how we can do that together. Um, so um, feel free to take these away and, and challenge them too. Um, so we can, we can talk about it after, or um, you, know, you can talk about it as a group and make sure you agree. So in Mark 1, verse 14, I'll t- tell you each of the references. You can follow along if you like. Uh, Mark 1, 14 to 18. I'll just read a few of these, and apologies they're not on the screen, but hopefully that's all right. Like I said, I've kept it down to five Bible passages. Mark 1, 14 to 18. After John was put into prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew. Remember, Simon is Peter. Simon, casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. So that first Bible passage is where Peter was called. The next one from Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, starting at verse 15. Matthew 16, verse 15. This I would put to you as an example where Peter knew his Bible, he knew the, knew the Old Testament taught to him, and he was encouraged to think about what the truth is. Matthew chapter 16, verse 15. But what about you, Jesus asked, who do you say I am, Peter? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He got it um, because he'd investigated the truth for himself. And sorry, but continuing the Bible passage, verse 17, Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. You see where I'm going? It's an example where we've heard all the stories of Peter, but this is how I believe he was being discipled. He was encouraged to think about the truth. The next one is an example where 
he was encouraged to relate to others. So we go to John chapter 21. John chapter 21 and it's verses 15 to 19. John 21 verse 15 to 19. And um, someone correctly said before, this is where Peter was restored. When, he had, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Relate. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the type of death, so the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. He's starting to get this deeper picture of following Jesus. I think, and that's, that's an example of relate. We'll come to feel in a moment, but I just a little side note. It says in here the type of, Jesus indicated the type of death, sorry, the kind of death that Peter would experience because he was following Jesus. That's commitment, isn't it? And it got me thinking, as because um, I'm, I'm not a Facebooker, um, but I, and I had to dig a little bit for this follow symbol that I introduced to you right at the start. Sorry for those on the microphone. I've got the little um, follow symbol from Facebook. What I saw there, creative hat on, is Jesus on the cross with people lining up. And we may not be called to die for Jesus because of following him, but that's what our commitment means. That's what we're being discipled for, for the sake of others. So have a think about that next. Go and look for the follow symbol. Just be careful what you follow (laughs) on Facebook. Um, But it encourages us to think more deeply about it, doesn't it? So that's Peter relating. And um, Peter feeling... So this is not, oh, I feel good, you know, following God, um, although we might. It's good, good to feel happy and praising God. This is also about unmasking and creating a, an environment of vulnerability within a church community so that we can um, come to one another, confess our sins, um, get right before God and help others in our journey um, in following Christ. And I'll give you the Bible passage here, uh, Acts chapter 3, verse 16. Peter's here again. Acts chapter 3, verse 16. Acts chapter 3, verse 16 to 19. By faith in the name of Jesus, the man whom you see and know was made strong. Peter had just... Um, through the power of God, healed a man. It is Jesus' name and faith that comes through him and has given this complete healing to him, as you can see. 
Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he foretold through all the prophets, saying that Christ would suffer. Repent then, turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So in this, I've just drawn out a very short extract here, but in this, um, what Peter's saying is that um, repenting and turning um, is what our true healing is. So this man was healed by the power of God physically, but we can be healed um, forever by repenting and turning back to God. And that's, that's the type of feeling we want to encourage as a follower of Christ and in our discipleship. Okay, I mentioned uh, getting practical. So uh, I just, and I also uh, mentioned that I've um, been doing a bit of research on this. So I've been fortunate to be able to read some great books at the moment. And this book by Randy Pope um, called Insourcing had a really good outline, just a quick, easy one for us to remember at the end of this talk about how we can take this, this model and examples of Peter and sort of try and put it into practice. And this is not a five-minute exercise, but um, what, what Randy Pope says is, um, you know, in an effort to uh, move churches from just attracting and gathering people and moving more towards equipping and releasing. That's, that's what Peter was doing. That's what Jesus was doing with his disciples. He was equipping them and releasing them. We, we need to um, consider he, what he did in his church, Randy Pope, is um, uh, retask his life groups, journey groups, Bible study groups, what have you, um, with this acronym. And it was the acronym TEAMS. Teams, and I don't have this written out on cardboard to hand out, but just quickly run through it. Um, T stands for truth. So kind of like this thinking for yourself as the Holy Spirit's guiding you, it's rather than meet together in a small group um, where the leader teaches everyone what the Bible is saying um, and says, therefore, go and do this, kind of like a sermon each week, um, he got them to investigate the truth for themselves. So they read the passage together. Remember, the Holy Spirit is guiding them. It says, take these questions away. Um, consider them. Work out what you think the passage is saying to you. Come back and let's investigate the truth together. So that was that's T. The next one's E, equip. So just quickly, he likens equip to making the truth um, <laughs> usable. Okay, so it's being, being equipped is, okay, I've got the truth ready to use in the community, ready to, when people challenge me about God, um, or when there's a situation that requires prayer, or when someone is hurting, I have the truth ready to use because I'm equipped. A stands for accountability, and it, we could do a whole talk on accountability, but um, in this context, accountability is like the feel. It's... Um, peeling back the layers to find the sin underneath the sin. And it, you can only do that in, in a trust environment with other people also like-minded with God, um, but confessing those sins to each other. And then underneath that, is there a sin that's causing that? You know, and being accountable to each other in that way. 
EMA's mission, so it's the outreach, local, overseas, um, always evangelizing, sharing in whatever community or workplace we have. And S, this is what I like, this which makes the teams memorable. S means supplication. <laughs> Does anyone know what supplication means? Prayer. Also, uh, or another word for prayer. And as Randy Pope says, I just couldn't make the acronym TEAMP. <laughs> so he's made teams. So uh, I'll leave you with that thought. Please challenge that. It's teams is not in the Bible, okay? But um, it's an acronym that I found helpful to go, um, you know, truth, equip, accountability, mission, and supplication, also known as prayer. Um, it's what you do in your group as, a, as followers of Christ to... Um, to do what Peter did, do what Jesus did, um, and follow him. I uh, just want to leave you with uh, two verses that Peter wrote in his letter to the church in 1 Peter, chapter 1, verses 22 to 23. 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 22. Now that you have been purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. I just wanted to leave you those words as encouragement, as our key phrase was, we need to connect what we know with how we grow. And so I just want to encourage you with those words and, um, like I said, challenge them, talk about them as a group and see where that um, lands you in helping each other to follow Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for the church community here at Bermagui as they connect with others in the community and um, encourage one another through a variety of different services and ministries. And I just pray that um, this will be a group that is equipping and releasing um, please, you, we, we know that you can only do that in your power through the truth in your word as we investigate it and you call us to follow you and help us as we've explored what it means a little bit to follow you, Lord, that um, you will help reveal to us how to make this real in our lives this week. In Jesus' name, amen.